And welcome to Drupal Easy Podcast number 209, back from DrupalCon Nashville. My name is Mike Anello, and joining me today is the extremely healthy Ted Bowman. Hey, Ted, how are you? Hey, Mike, it's great to be here. I, I meant to say T-Bone, not, not, not Ted Bowman. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah, people would be confused. I'm, I think I let out your secret identity by giving people your full name there, because everyone seems to know you by T-Bone. Yeah, it's the cat's out of the bag. Now they'll find my other podcast. Exactly. So are you um, are you just drinking, um, you know, um, airborne twenty four seven these days, or what are you doing to stay so healthy? Um, vitamins and water, pretty much. And try not to get caught in the snow. I'm actually kind of afraid of getting sick via the microphone, via like the internet. Yeah, this is very high, very high fidelity, so maybe a problem. Yeah, so I would suggest people when they listen to this to wear a mask. It's really the the, the safest yep. thing they can do. The podcast flu. The podcast flu. We don't want to get that. All right. So, did you have a good DrupalCon? I did. I had a great DrupalCon. Uh, Yep, was there? Well, we did a training together. That was awesome. We did. That's God. That seems so long ago, but that was what, like less than a week ago. No, more than a week ago. Week and a half. Yeah, ago. that was fun as always. And then I think I, I think I ran into you one or two other times the entire week because we were both kind of crazy busy. Yep, it was all about Pantheon party. Sorry there. That's right. That was on Wednesday night, and I had to I had to bail on Thursday. Yep. But I saw. Yeah, that was good. So, did you have a favorite thing at DrupalCon Nashville? Like, what was your favorite bit? Yeah, I probably I saw this just before the podcast. I probably should have thought about this. Can I have two? Sure, you can have two. Okay, so the first one is something I didn't see because it was too packed, and I was psyched that it was too packed. Was the I think it was the layout initiative update that two of my coworkers did, Tim Plunkett and Emily. I'm probably going to mispronounce her last name, Nouveau. Um, so they and other people like Chris Vanderwater and Jacob Perry have been working really hard on it. I'm sure other people too that um, I haven't been that involved that I don't, so I probably don't know anybody involved. Um, and it was just packed. You couldn't get in. So I'm glad that people seem to be looking forward to it. So is that about layout builder, the experimental layout builder module yeah. only, or is there more to it than that, that they were talking about? Do you know? I, well, because I couldn't get in, that's I'm pretty much assuming that's what they're talking about in future enhancements and, and basically getting feedback on, you know, because people expect it to to replace Panelizer as like an end goal. So getting uh, um, getting uh, feedback, I think, from people as far as like, will it do X or will it do Y? And I think that was good feedback because like what, you know, what do people, what are the main things that people expect? But just it's, I guess it's um, affirmation that uh, people are working on the right things. If people are, that many people are showing up and they're not, they don't have pitch, uh, pitchforks and torches. Right. Exactly. If they were smiling generally, then things are going well. Yeah. Yeah. And you had a second one? Yeah, I, which this, I don't, I haven't, can't think of, I've been to a session like this before. I went to a people of color boff. It was like a people of color and allies boff. And uh, it was good. I am glad I chose to do a non-technical thing because usually I just choose to do uh, technical things. And, um, you know, it was good to hear people's perspective of people who are not in the majority and um, have a different uh, probably 
outlooked than myself. Um, so yeah, it was good. It was really good. Would you say that there was, um, was it diversity just by, um, race or was it more of diversity by culture? Mostly I think, and I totally could be wrong because not everybody, not everybody spoke up. Um, and I, and I came in a little bit late, so I didn't get the introductions. Um, so totally my fault if I'm wrong is I, I think most people were from North America. Okay. All right. Yeah. Fair enough. And, and I would definitely say diversity by gender though, too. All right. Great. It was, it was fairly diverse. And then there was a couple other, uh, non-people of color like myself there too. So were the, what was the discussion about? Was a discussion about how to, you know, increase, you know, increase diversity or how can yeah i think some of it was like the assumptions that people make because a lot of times say you get jobs um from your social network or you know like you, you find out about jobs or you're sort of told about jobs you're told people tell other people that you're applying kind of because you're in the same social network so a lot of our social networks are not so diverse so that you know that affects people's professional professional prospects or professional like just climbing the ladder but then also people were talking about um just what it feels like to sort of be um either be at a place like DrupalCon or the drupal community where they're um uh you know they don't see a lot of people like themselves so it's a good perspective to hear and what were your favorite things yeah so my my favorite thing was um you know, it's going to sound a little self-serving, but something that I helped organize, and that was a teamwork and leadership workshop that the yep. yeah that the community working group organized and put on. Um, it was on Tuesday afternoon, so it was uh, two to five, so a three-hour workshop put on by. And there's my dog coming in to say hello. Shaking. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was actually led by Adam Goodman who is also the chair, the current chair of the Drupal Association Board of Directors. Um, he took over from uh, Dries uh, late last year, sometime last year, I believe. And he is a professor at Northwestern University, and this is his specialty. I, I believe he's the, the head of, and I'm going to get the name wrong because I don't know it off the top of my head, but he's the head of like the, um, the leadership center or something like that at um, Northwestern University. Really, really interesting uh, uh, guy. Um, we had about 60 people at the workshop, and it was just really informative, really um, thought-provoking, had a lot of um, kind of exercises where we split up into you know smaller groups and discussed things and just talked about leadership, what, what leadership was and what um, you know, how we can, you know, help be better team members and help enable other folks to be better team members. And it was just really good. I think um, the people in the room uh, that I talked to afterwards said it was, it was really, really good. I saw a few people say it was their, you know, their favorite thing about, you know, DrupalCon. Um, it's the first time that something like this has been held at a DrupalCon, and uh, it's something that we're definitely planning on repeating at, at future DrupalCons as well. So it was uh, it was satisfying from my standpoint, both as a participant and as an organizer. So did people have to sign up before uh, DrupalCon for that? Yeah. So there was – we actually um, – we did it 
a couple different ways. We had we sent out invites to um, people who were already leaders who we felt were already like leaders, but didn't really know it in the community because um, we felt that that would be a good seed group, so to speak. Um, and we gave them, I think we gave them 24 or 48 hours to sign up. Uh, and then we opened it up to the public. And when all was said and done, we didn't actually have to turn anybody away, which was kind of our big worry because it was, you know, we were limited to the size of the room, how many people we could admit. So we had a few no-shows and we had a few walk-ins. So it actually worked out really well that we didn't have to turn anybody away. And it was, uh, it was a really, really good group of people, really you know, interesting discussion. And I, I know I personally got a lot out of it. He, he talked about and he gave us a lot of really interesting ways to think about teamwork and leadership from a different perspective. And I think that bit for me was like really, really useful. It's like, how can you enable, um, you know, other people in the community or how can you view other leaders in the community um, in a way that uh, it kind of lifts everybody up rather than, um, you know, the, the opposite. Important discussion. Yeah, it, it was it was really good. I'm, I couldn't have been happier with, uh, with, with how it went. So I'm looking forward to uh, doing it again. And it was funny because at the very end, um, uh, George Demet, who is the chair of the CWG, he uh, at the very end, uh, Adam Goodman was asking if anybody had any questions, and George raised his hand, and George said, asked him if he would um, verbally commit to doing this at the next DrupalCon, you know, if Adam would do this again at the next DrupalCon. And so Adam, we put him on the spot, and he said yes. So we will be doing Did you tell him where it was going to be at that point? <laughs> How would I know where it was going to be at that yeah, point? I have no, no idea. You know, yeah. So, or the next two, yeah. Especially, how would I know that? Yeah. But that was that was really good. You were busy though. You were pretty busy with a couple of super interesting boffs that we want to get into. I was, yeah. So, before I don't know, a few weeks before DrupalCon, there was a couple articles that got a, a lot of buzz. Um, one was Matt Grasmick's post. I think it was like PHP, a stranger in a strange land. I'm not don't have the title right in front of me but anyways the the blog post is basically like looking at the evaluator experience and trying as best as he could I, th- I think it's hard if you're not a new person to drupal to put themselves in the shoes of somebody who didn't know drupal just googling around finding drupal and and saying oh i want to actually try this out um and turns out that's really hard and um i think a lot of us in drupal have an idea that it's really hard. Um, maybe we have memories about how we got started. Um, but you know, if you've been in a number of years, you, it's maybe easy to not have a idea of whether that experience has gotten worse or gotten better. Um, and I think to some extent it maybe has gotten worse just because things have gotten a lot more complicated. So, um, and there's, you know, a lot of differing opinions about how to get started with Drupal. Um, so it, it seems like it's very, uh, overwhelming. Yeah. And Dries made that blog post. I mean, that was a, he, he devoted significant amount of time to that whole con, that whole topic in his, uh, Dries note. Yeah. Um, you know, cause Drupal 8 adoption could be better. And I think that is one of the, you know, if, you know, if the big shift in D8 is, is 
you know, part of the technical shift is maybe we would, you know, some people might not like it and leave, but other people may like it and, and find us. Um, if finding us is a is an experience that people have difficulty with, or once they find Drupal have difficulty getting started, you know, just probably a good percentage of those people are just going to say, yeah, you know, whatever, I'm going to move on to a different project. Um, uh, and I think it's especially because most people probably don't find it via an event um, where you have somebody sitting over your shoulder saying, you know, oh, try simply test.me or something like that. So this led to your improving Drupal's evaluator experience buff. Yeah, so I had that buff at the beginning of the week, and then the next, the next one, the next day was uh, uh, an official local development environment because that was one of the suggestions that Dries had. Um, I'm, Matt may have also had that suggestion too. So the idea is that there's tons of ways to get started, um, it, and our documentation, by the nature of it, usually is we do have the official user's guide now, which can be a little more opinionated. But it's really hard to have that sort of very short quick start guide when getting started. You can't. There's not a quick start way, or I guess there's multiple. Um, we're going to talk about it later where, where you have you've looked at a bunch of local development environments, um, and I think each of those maybe provides a better um, experience. But uh, we're the Drupal community is not great at making choices and saying we're going to you know highlight this with. And you know, not highlight other things. So, a local development environment that we recommend could make that quick start guide really easy. And one of the things that Matt found in the documentation was people, it would say, you know, this is way A to do it, but if you're interested in way B, could go to this link. So it's really confusing to the new user. Like, is A or B the better way? So I think in local development, that's probably a similar thing. Right. So for the for the improving Drupal's evaluators ex, evaluator experience, Boff, that seems to me like, and I I wasn't able to make either one, so apologies for that. But so I'll I'll play the I'll play the noob here. Sure. But that sounds like that. I don't want to say that it's purely a marketing tool, but that seems like you know, like you said, someone's interested in Drupal. They come to Drupal.org. How can we get? A, a, a an experience in front of them as quickly as possible for them to play around with Drupal. Yeah, and part of that is, um, I should know this, but part of that is like the improving the Try Drupal experience. Um, and so right now, the Try Drupal experience. Um, so this is a page on Drupal.org where you click one of three companies. Um, the companies I think have contracts, so we can't just tell them like you know, we're going to kick you off or you need to do X, Y, and Z. Um, I think, uh, say, say it's a year contract. I'm not really sure. But for the future, we could change that, but not necessarily. We can't change, even if we could get like the decision made, we can't necessarily change it tomorrow because of ongoing options. But I think this is kind of like a two-pronged issue, right? So there's the issue of where does that evaluating take place? Is it something where you're going to have them download something and and run the what's it Drupal Quick Start um, thing that gets it up and running locally through you know a PHP based web server or something? Is, is it, you know is it going to be there? Is it going to be on Simply Test Me, Simply Test Me, or on one of these you know, hosting companies like you just mentioned? So that's that's one you know 
part of this is like, where does that actually happen? And the second part is when they do spin, you know, when something is spinned up and the evaluator is looking at something, what are they looking at? Are they looking at just a, a, a vanilla Drupal 8 install? Because that's probably not super helpful. Are they looking at the new, and I, I, I always get the name wrong. Is it Unami or Umani? Umami. I think it's Umami. Umami? I, okay. See, this is my whole problem because there's an N or an M or not or both or one. Or, I, for the life of me, I can't remember that. But I mean, I think that will be a big shift and that will, you know, if we can integrate both environment, well, both, it'll be integrated in a sense that it will be an option when you, when you sign into Drupal. Um, and I think obviously like the phrasing of that on the start page is important. So that somebody would know like, oh, that's me. I'm trying out Drupal. I would like to, you know, try this demo. So what did that Both focus on though? It focused on like, okay, we did actually talk about the try Drupal options a lot. Like how could we make that better? Uh, you know, a lot of people wanted the hosted uh, DA solution, um, but there was uh, Ryan from the DA there. And, you know, a lot of it, or no, it wasn't Ryan. It was Neil. Neil was there. I'm pretty sure it was Neil who was there. And, you know, he was talking about the complications of changing that. And, you know, just the complication of they only have so many engineers to change that um, and to support it long time. Um, you know, people would like that, uh, you know, if it sort of stays the way it is, that, um, and right now the way it is, is there's Acquia, Pantheon, and one and one that there's more like strict requirements for that experience to, if, you know, if it doesn't, if it's ultimately still companies that sponsor that there's a quicker experience for getting to Drupal. Yeah. I think you and I talked about this at some point where I, I'm, I don't understand why there just can't be a pool of sites up and running. And when someone says they want to try it, you just kind of redirect them to one of those sites. And when they're done, you just recycle it. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. I mean, I guess that is something that the community could ask for the DA. So if people are passionate about that, I actually don't. Uh, I guess that's Drupal infrastructure. The project on Drupal.org maybe is where you'd ask for that or suggest that. Um, it's weird because it's not really our infrastructure, right? So so what? how did the BAF end? Are there uh, action items or are there issues or like what's the, you know, to keep this thing going, what's kind of the next step? The next step is to sort of, uh, I think sort of more of the action item that we got out of it was the idea of um, keep an eye on looking at when those contracts would be up and looking at, uh, which I think is the end of this year maybe, as far as do we try to, I don't know who would do this, but do we try to get the DA to sort of renegotiate and make it, a, a better experience, like a quicker experience, like you say. And then the other one, there's a documentation working group is sort of, I think being revamped to do the quick start guide, which I think is really important. So a one pager to, um, start Drupal, uh, and that would be locally, probably at the top, it would say, and if you don't want it locally or something like that, you know, go to this link, but if you want it locally, here's the one pager, and try to get it to be like a five or 10 minute read to start Drupal. Um, Cause I think that would be a lot of the other projects like Laravel and um, Symphony have that um, his experience, Matt's experience getting WordPress installed was much quicker. So 
Um, and I think the documentation is just not as, it's much more streamlined. So that would, that's hopefully the, I won't say that the result of that boff because it was already kind of in the works, but um, what people were really hoping, hoping for out of that boff. Yeah. It sounds like what you're, you know, what I'm hearing is that there's not just one thing that's going to solve this. It sounds like that there, you know, just from this quick discussion we're having, it sounds like there's at least three things. There's a an infrastructure side of it. There is a documentation side of it. And then there's also a, what do you see, you know, you know when you go to the uh, the site to evaluate, what do you see? Do you see Umami or do you see something else? Do you see something specifically for evaluators, which maybe that's what Umami is, is going to fill that role. So, Well, the other thing that people... I, I don't know if this would ever happen, but some people, the tri Drupal experience, they were hoping that it would be a hosted central experience and that you would put ads for the companies on the actual site people are looking at so that you still try to get sponsorship in that way, but, but you don't, um, you have the experience no matter which way they go to be the same. Yeah, you got to be careful with that though. That could go, that could be tacky quick if you're not careful. Yeah. All right, very cool. So let's move on to your second boff. Yeah, and this really, so this is the official Drupal local development environment one. And this kind of really leads, you can't have the quick start guide, which we talked about in the previous boff, without a way to get started quickly locally. Um, so this was attended by, I think, most of the people um, or representatives of most of the people that you're going to talk about later with like... Um, DDDev, Doxel, Lando, um, Drupal VM. Um, I'm probably forgetting other projects or any other. Did you mention Lando? Yeah, Lando, Doxel, DDDev, Drupal VM. Um, so they were all there. And for the most part, I won't speak for them, but my feeling from the room is most, for the most part, they were uh, encouraged by this idea that there should be at least a beginner's local development environment. Um, that, that, you know, we would recommend in a quick start guide. And I think it's, it would be very different for the Drupal community because as far as I know, when I think about it, there's no code or project that we don as official except for Drupal itself. Right. Like we don't, we don't have an official Drupal CLI that we promote. Um, and we haven't, um, and that a lot of people probably say that's a detriment because it's harder to find. And so I think the idea that a local development environment is not like right there, like um, actually Symphony and Laravel both share Homestead, if I'm not mistaken, uh, a, a VM based solution. Um, and they don't say like you have to use it, but they say, well, if you want to use this, this is a way to get started quickly. Uh, so if we had something like that, that would um, uh, be a way for people to start to say, okay, yeah, I, I I'm familiar with Docker or this Docker thing sounds simple. Uh, give them a one command uh, install that would just start up Drupal, start, you know, a local development environment. And they would actually be at that point could do development. I mean, it may not, they may want to switch off of it when they need to start doing more complex stuff. But um, for their first half a year, say that, I mean, that's my idea is for the first half a year, they would be okay with this solution. And depending on where, where their career takes them or types of project, maybe they would just continue to be okay. 
Right. It's kind of, you know, it's kind of like the analogous thing to, you know, I know when I started, I was using MAMP. Or, you know, when I, for a long time, my class, when I, when I taught my, or when I teach my long form class, I used to teach Aqua Dev Desktop. And I said, this is, it's a good place to start. It's solid, but you very well might outgrow it and you're going to want to move to, to something else. So I, I feel like this conversation is, it, it's near and dear to my heart because it's something that I, you know, it, it, the fact that I teach these long form classes, I'm constantly, you know, I don't want to say dealing with it. That sounds like it's a burden, but it, it's constantly something that I have to be evaluating and reevaluating all the time. It's like, you know, am I, you know, what's the best tool that I can teach people who are new to Drupal that isn't like a teaching crutch, but rather it's a professional local environment that they can, I can teach them in class that they can continue to use after class as well. Yeah. So hopefully right now we, I have a list um, uh, that you're putting the link. It's just a Google form. Just if you're interested, uh, sign up there and the next email I'll send out the, uh, I am the next step that I need to take is, um, I'm not sure. I don't, I would just sort of wanted to get this conversation started. I don't really particularly have a lot of expertise in this area, but I'm going to create with the help of probably other people, an issue on the Drupal core ideas queue to say, you know, basically we should have an official one and um, this is the criteria. And then I think we'll, you know, try to figure out what that is like and start making the project. My sense from people in the room was that it should be something new. It shouldn't be a picking of like the existing one. Um, Cause maybe the existing ones are, are probably maybe more complex than, the very beginner would need. Um, but I'm not sure that's totally decided yet. Um, and you know, the issue is not even up. It's so, and we just had one boff. Um, so I don't think anything's particularly decided, but it definitely seemed like most people are like, we need this. Let me ask a couple questions here. Um, based on, you know, taking the temperature of the room, uh, of the, the, the folks at the boff who, you know, it, I would assume that they were mainly folks who, are interested in, you know, in, in contributing or, you know, have a strong interest in, in local development environments or, you know, passion for it. Yeah. So did you get the sense that the, the prevailing technology as far as like where things would probably end up is going to be something Docker based or not Docker based? And it's a leading question, but I, I think I know the answer, which is why I'm asking it this way. Yeah. I mean, it seemed like Docker to me, I mean, I actually only have, I don't use Docker day-to-day. It used to be I used Drupal VM, Vagrant-based day-to-day. I now use just uh, local Apache um, PHP. Um, and I switched to that because some some particular thing, I think with new JavaScript testing, was harder to do on a VM. And it works fine. But, you know, I do core core work. So I'm not spinning up multiple sites tons of time. So probably my, my use case is different from a lot of people. Um, so I definitely wasn't going to say like, Hey, that Docker thing's cool, but vagrants worked really well for me. So why don't y'all, everybody just use vagrant. So <laughs> I just, my skill set and my knowledge is not in the point where I can give advice to anybody about that kind of thing. Right. So, you know, so I'm not a Docker expert I mean, I'm pretty good with the tools built on, on Docker. Um, but it would seem to me that 
there should be a, a reasonable path forward if if you know a docker based solution is the one that folks are circling around that maybe it's one of those things where there are um there are a set of images that are you know created for you know the you know an official local development environment you know a, a database image a, um, a web server image um, uh, you know whatever other images are necessary and those images are kept you know in a public repository somewhere and then is it as easy and again this is where my inexpertise with docker comes in but would it be as easy as just having something like a docker compose file that ships with drupal core and then running a you know, then maybe you know running a command that you know runs out Docker Compose and maybe does some automatic um, configuration of your settings.php and stuff like that. Could 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 it be that easy? I um I don't know why not, but but again, I don't know why not. So I mean, for me that would that sound that would be great. I think also because you could have the quick docs be or the the one page readme could could not include any projects besides Drupal core itself. Um, so yeah, I mean that would be great, but nobody particularly suggested that in the both. So that makes me think that there's some complication that we're not think, thinking of. So really, we are the two worst people to be talking about. <laughs> so we should probably get out of this. I will mention though, I think that does. Um, there is another way that we could possibly do an evaluate experience that that would be like that. Um, right now there's a core issue called provide a single command to install and run Drupal. And that actually, um, I think Daniel Werner is the one who's mostly been working on that and with help of other people. But the idea is that you would run this command, you would download Drupal core, you'd run this command and it would start, it would update your settings.php, it would install Drupal and then it would, uh, use your built-in PHP web server and then MySQLite to start Drupal, and uh, and then you I don't know if it open your browser for you, but it would it would give you a URL. You go to that URL and you have Drupal. You're signed in, um, which is I, I've run it. I've installed. I've applied the patch and I've installed it and run it. And it is yeah, really quickly. You're up. You're running. The site works. Um, I think the SQLite support in core and eight is a whole lot better than it was before. Um, all of our core tests run on SQLite. So, and I, so people mentioned that in the boff. And then I think Jeff Gearling uh, had brought a windows computer to DrupalCon, Um And he went home to the hotel that night and he tested it out and he said, yeah, I, I'm surprised how well it ran. So um Assuming it you know runs well on Linux, Mac, and Windows, that could be like a, if the composer and core wasn't a good idea, like the actual composer file, then yeah, that sounds like that could be something that truly for the evaluator experience. Though other people have said to me like, no, that would actually somebody could actually start developing sites like that um, would be a very very quick and simple command. Uh, to run Drupal. So. so the other thing I saw, and I think it was in one of Jeff Gerling's posts, he was, t and I, I think this is something that, I don't know if Drupal VM does it, I, I'd have to go back and, and, and find the post, but I believe he had something where you could do a composer require on some package that he, 
don't know if he provides it or or, or where it's from um, that actually provides configuration for um, uh, some Docker containers to be, to get up and running. Yeah, I think that would be. I think that might be the path that the quick start guide would go down. Okay. I'm not sure how quickly we would get to, but I think there is a big push to say, okay, Composer is the way to do Drupal. So you might have something, the quick start guide being like, you know, quick start require official local dev or something like that. Quick start require Drupal and then you'd be going. What did I say? Did I say Composer require? Yes, I think you did. Okay, yeah. Um, so yeah, Composer require those two things, and then you'd run the Composer command to start it up, and or the Docker command to start it up, and you'd be good to go. Oh, wow. I wish I was there. That that's the, the one buff I really wanted to get to, and I just couldn't. I couldn't make it. That's a bummer. I think people said it was the best buff in the history of DrupalCon. Uh, I, that's that's not very surprising. <laughs> that is uh, <laughs> fantastic. All right, so let's uh, let's take a quick time out here to talk about our sponsor. MyDropWizard.com. I bet you they had a busy uh, few weeks, right? Um, with uh, Are we calling it Drupalgeddon 2? No, we're not. Oh, what are we calling it? Are we calling it Drupal Core SA 2018-02 or whatever it was? I think the people on the security team don't like the name Drupalgeddon. Oh, okay. So I take that back. And they put a lot of work into it. So I think uh, – I wish I had the um, – the reasoning in front of me, but I think if if they <laughs> if they don't like it, uh, we should respect that. Absolutely, yes, we should stay on their good side. In other words, yeah, I'm not sure if it's bad because it implies the people who wrote the original um, code. If it says something about them, which is like, no, who's I, I, I've never heard anybody think. I mean, I, like I'm not even being sarcastic. I'm saying that's that's crazy. I th- or it's just implies that I don't know. Um, I think there's actually a blog. I've talked to somebody and I don't want to put them on the spot in case it doesn't um, happen, but I've talked to somebody who's writing a blog post about why the name Drupalgeddon is kind of offensive. So if that comes out before this comes out, then maybe we can link to it. I thought it was handled fantastically by the security. I thought the week before getting the message, um, you know, you know, that, that notification so everybody can kind of plan for that, you know, the following Wednesday afternoon, um, I think the only hiccup in all of this was that, you know, there were thousands of developers sitting there refreshing Drupal.org on that Wednesday, trying yeah. to get the, uh, you know, the update um, and, and, you know, getting, you know, basically self DDoSing uh, Drupal.org. Yeah. And I, I ran into somebody from the DA and they said, yes, they know that was a problem and it won't be a problem the next time because they're taking care of it. That's a, that's a small problem in the big scheme of things, I think. Yeah. But, yeah. Let's get back to our sponsor because if you were engaged with our sponsor, MyDropWizard.com, to take care of your Drupal sites and provide these, you know, core and, and updates and, and maintenance updates and module updates and all that stuff, you didn't have to do anything on that on that Wednesday. Um, that's what MyDropWizard.com does. They will you engage with them and they will make sure that your sites get security updates for both core and modules. They do it for Drupal 6, 7, and 8. If you still have a Drupal 6 site, which is no longer officially supported by the Drupal community, granted, there are patches out there. You can get the patches on Drupal.org. 
Um, but there's, there's no new releases of Drupal 6. You just have to, you have to find the patches and you have to know how to apply the patches. MyDropWizard.com does all of that for you. Um, their plans start at uh, $99 a month. They keep your site up. They keep your site secure. They keep you from having to sit there, keep refreshing Drupal.org on you know, patch day and you know, spend the next four or five hours of your life you know, updating all the sites that you have to maintain. So I would definitely uh, check them out. I believe, actually, I'm almost positive, is the, one of the gentlemen behind my Drop Wizard is also a member of the security team as well. Yeah. So there, yeah. So David Snowpeck is, is is the the guy we're talking about. So um, there's really no one better to you know be doing that for your organization or your agency sites. Um, in addition, they do other stuff. They do one-off uh, maintenance tasks. If you have an issue with a view or you're seeing some some um, performance issues, you know you can ping them and, and they'll look into it and, and help you out. So you're definitely going to want to check them out. Uh, MyDropWizard.com. Uh, check them out and tell them that Drupal Easy sent you. All right. How you feeling, Ted? You going to make it? I think I'm going to pull through. Yeah. You gave me a little rest there with the ad. I could uh, take some water. I'm good. All right. Very good. So let's talk about um, a blog post that I wrote. It's probably about a month ago now. I think it was a little over a month ago. Um, that was a comparison of some of the you know, uh, more well-known Docker-based solutions for local development environment. So I looked at DDEV, yep. Doxel, and Lando. Yeah, we talked about this a bit before because you, you, like you're saying, you have this sort of unique need where you're teaching people and you want something to be kind of quick and the same for everybody, right? Like Mac, right. Linux, Windows. But not only that. Very little difference. Yeah, and I, I mentioned a few minutes ago as well, like I want to be able to teach a real tool. I don't want to teach a teaching crutch saying we're going to use this for class because it's easier. But when you go out in the real world, you're going to have to deal with something else. I want to be able to teach the thing that they're using out in the real world. Yeah. Um, so I kind of, you know, I had been playing with all kinds of local development environments for probably, I would say, the past year. Um, I had uh, client sites, you know, up and running using Drupal VM, which is a, you know, a fantastic tool. Um, I did, you know, I, I've used MAMP for a long time. Um, I used Calibox for some Drupal 7 sites. I tried to use it for Drupal 8 sites. Not so not so much, though. Um, I'd use Acquia Dev Desktop for, you know, I have a couple clients that use Acquia Cloud Hosting. So I figured Acquia Dev Desktop was a good solution for them. And then, you know, and then I started, you know, once the folks at Calibox uh, said that they were, Know, developing this new um, solution for Drupal 8 called Lando. I, I started using that kind of early on. And then uh, I know some folks over at um, FFW, and they're behind Doxel, which is another Docker-based kind of local development environment um, solution. So I, I sat down with them and got a couple of projects up and running with them. And I, I used Doxel for a while. I actually taught Doxel as part of um, my, uh, the Pantheon class that I teach uh, early on. And then uh, probably about six months ago, I, I, I sat down with some of the folks from DDEV and got a walkthrough and um, started using that on a couple of client projects. And I kind of was doing that because for the longest time, my long-form classes, I've been focused on Aqua Dev Desktop. Um, and while that's, you know, it's a good teaching tool, it is possible to use that for, you know, real development as well. But the more I looked around, the fewer people I saw that were actually using Acquia Dev Desktop professionally. So I, I kind of felt the need to move off of Acquia Dev Desktop. Um, 
Plus, it's Drupal 8. There's a couple little quirks with Aqua Dev Desktop and Drupal 8. And I just, I like the, I, I want, I needed a more flexible, more professional, more um, uh, configurable solution, let's say. So what did you find? So, well, I, I decided pretty early on that I wanted to use a Docker-based solution. As much as I, 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 I enjoy using Drupal VM and I mean, Jeff Gearling has put a tremendous amount of work into it. And it's it shows. It's it's super powerful. You can pretty much do anything you want. Um, but for someone new to you know professional local development environment, there's for my taste, there's a little bit too much configuration necessary for new folks. If you're comfortable with it, it's awesome. But I was looking to, I wasn't looking to teach a local development environment class. I'm looking to teach a Drupal class where your local development environment is just one of the tools that we're going to be using. So, you know, for me, I was mainly looking for ease of installation, including all of, you know, any prerequisites, um, you know, like Docker or command line interface for Windows or, or whatever, the, and the least amount of configuration necessary, um, or yep. the easiest initial configuration, I should, I should say, but balanced with the ability to get in there and really monkey with the configuration and customize it if you want. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, I, you know, I, I kind of saw the future a little bit with Lando and, you know, Lando's got this really cool um, uh, plugin architecture for uh, um, to um, push and pull from Pantheon. And so I, I, I really liked that idea and the fact that it's pluggable. So someone can build, you know, one of those for Aqua Cloud or for platform or for, you know, a, a you know a hosted you know virtual um, machine on on Rackspace or something like that. So there's there's all these opportunities in kind of that space. So I decided to well let me focus on these three Docker based ones, which were DDev, Doxel, and Lando. And the idea was I wanted to kind of settle on one for teaching, but at the same time I kind of want to I don't know if I want to settle on one for my contracting and consulting, but I, I want to n- find those differentiators to say, okay, well, for this type of job, I should use that. For this type of job, I should use this other one. Um, so I, admittedly, I think right at the beginning of the blog post, I say, my use cases might not be the same as you. So my conclusions might be different than yours. I'm not trying to say, this is the best one. Everyone should use this one. That's you know definitely not my intention. But I did. I, I found some differentiators that I think are fairly important for my use cases. I decided I'm going to, you know, go with uh, DDev for uh, teaching. Mm-hmm. Uh, Doxel, I, th- th- their Doxel is like crack to me. Well, um, <laughs> the one big differentiator that Doxel has over DDev and Lando is performance. Doxel has? Yes. Doxel is faster because Doxel does not use Docker for Mac or Docker for Windows. It basically ah. spins up its own VM and builds the containers in there. Okay. So it's just, it's a lot faster. Um, there's some numbers in the blog post. It's it's some, it's some it's more than twice as fast for like, wow. for like doing a Drush CR uh, and stuff like that. And Lando, I, mean, I would say as of today, Lando is the most polished. Yeah, you know, fantastic tool. I, I use Lando uh, almost daily for a couple of the, the, my client sites. Really, you know, strong community behind Lando, and, and the kind of the one, you know, I would say the tipping point for me with DDev and the reason why I decided, you know, DDev for teaching 
Number one, DDEV has a really interesting remove command that basically mm-hmm. removes the, the containers from your system but keeps your data. Oh, okay. Like your database and your... Yeah. Yeah. So like with, with Lando or Doxel, if you remove the containers and then you want to get that project back up and running, you have to spin the containers back up and then do a database import. With DDEV, the actual like files, database files, or or any other kind of you know uh, uh, container data, we'll say, I don't know what the technical term is, but that's actually shared um, on in a directory that's I'm sorry, not shared. That's actually stored in a directory that's shared by the host operating system as well as the container. So you can okay. remove the container. And your data is still on the host operating system. Oh, that's nice. Right. And then when you spin the container back up, your database is still there. Like you don't have to re-import. So actually, this performance issue, I was using something briefly that my coworker made, Sam Mortensen. It was like a Drupal Docker Lite something. And he had kind of made it for contrib development. Um, but I think I quit because of that performance issue. And he may have changed it since then to use that type of method you're talking about now. But I was running JavaScript tests in the container or something. And it would, if you run core JavaScript tests and your system is really, really laggy, you'll sometimes get errors because it's like trying to emulate going around and clicking things. And if you wait too long or something, it messes up. Right. Um, but yeah, so and I was like, oh, why are these tests failing? Then I would try them locally and be like, well, they're not, they're not failing. Um, so those other two that they allow who don't use the VM. DDEV and Lambda. Solution. Yeah. Do they have configuration where you could do that yourself if you wanted to or no? Uh, not that I know of. I think that's kind of baked okay. in. So so okay. here's, I mean, here's the direction this stuff is, is heading. You know, my understanding of all this is that... Doxel is moving in the direction of eventually using Docker for Mac and Docker for Windows, which is similar okay. to what DDEV and Lando are using. So, yeah. Ted, hide. Cops are coming. <laughs> Good golly, Ted. What is going on over there? Is your dog out? Is that why the cops are there in your small town? It's, um, yeah, people seem to say it's really like when a siren comes by, it seems really loud in the mic, but it doesn't seem loud to me. I don't know why. <laughs> All right. So anyway, I'm sorry I got distracted by that. Doxel is actually planning on moving to a, you know, using Docker for Mac or Docker for Windows, which is a little bit counterintuitive because it's less performant. Yeah. But the good news in all of this is that with every release, and they're fairly regular, Doxel, I'm sorry, not Doxel, Docker for Mac and Docker for Windows gets faster and faster. Yeah. And it, it's kind of funny because, you know, as of today, I, Docker for Windows is noticeably faster than Docker for Mac, which is not something you hear all that often. Yeah, I've heard that. Yeah. So I think this is, I'm hoping this is kind of like a short-term problem where it, it, it's going to get faster. I mean, it's it's by no means unusable. It's by no means, you know, um, it, unless you are on a machine with like severe memory constraints or something like that, yeah. it's, it's not like it's, you're not going to be able to get your job done. It's just not as fast. And I know for the client that I, I'm using, I think I'm using Doxel for one client. It's for a fairly big site, a fairly complex site. And it's just, 
I, you know, I tried re- getting it up and running with, you know, I don't know if it was Lando or DDEV and it was just, that's where it was like crack. It was like, oh, I can't do this. I have to go back. I have to. So, you know, and, and I went back to, to Doxel for that one. So just for the podcast listeners, there are a lot of negatives about crack though, right? Yes. Crack is bad. Don't do crack. I just wanted to clear that up. So, you know, it's kind of one of those things because as I as I've been doing this and I've been talking to people and asking like what are they using for local. First of all, I have to give huge, huge kudos to you know Jeff Gearling and I forgot the other guy's name. Oh, this is going to make me crazy. Um, they did the survey, the local development survey. Oh yeah, not too long ago. And I apologies for not remembering his name, but I feel like we've kind of been on similar paths. Um, and they've been doing most of the legwork, and I just kind of read their blog posts and the results and say, "Oh, okay, that makes sense. I'm going to do that." Yeah. So, so thank you to those guys for for all that work. So you just read their work, do a podcast about it, and then forget one person's name. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote a blog post. It was yeah, okay. Crazy blog post it took me about two months to 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 write and stuff. It was a labor of love, but it, it got me to you know as I as I kind of worked through it. it it, it, it kind of clarified things for me um, a lot. And the other thing was, it, it's kind of exciting right now. We, I don't think we've seen um, something like this in the 12 years that I've been in the Drupal community where there seems to be a lot of momentum towards improving the local development environment experience. Just like three, four, five years ago, there was what, who called it this? I heard it somewhere, like the, the front-end tooling renaissance. Yeah. And I feel like we're we're kind of in that right now, but for local development environments. And the the great part about that is is there's more than one group of people pursuing that. So there's something akin to competition, and there, there's businesses being developed around it. So it's only going to make it better for all of us. I think we're sort of riding a tide of stuff going on in the lo- sort of larger web development world. Yeah benefiting a lot from yeah well even stuff like docker where there there's a business around it and they're uh, have an incentive to make it better the docker for windows and docker for mac yeah it, it's definitely um it's a thing i mean so I, I think you know these days if someone asks what should let me ask you ted if if you're talking to someone who is been using like wamp for you know forever and they say, "Hey, hey, Ted, I, I think I need. I think it's time to upgrade my local development environment. What do you recommend?" Well, for a while, I was re- recommending Drupal VM because it works well for me, right? And yeah, so that's why I, that's you know I was recommending it because it worked well for me, but I, with the caveat that you know I I know there's these other solutions out there, the three that you mentioned that I haven't really researched, and because I'm not making sites day to day, I haven't really had a need to like, I don't, to sort of explore further, but I, I, I sort of encourage them not to sort of have something that, uh, they can tie. And I'm not sure if, if you, if this is what's recommended or what you recommend is have something where they can tie the configuration of the local development environment to a particular project so that when developers come on a particular project, everybody's on the same local dev. Is that still? Yeah. All three of the tools that I looked at do that. That was kind of a, yeah. you know, a, a must have type of situation for me. Yeah. And that's kind of, I guess the main thing I recommend is, is something that will let you do that so that different developers, I mean, if it's, if you're a one person shop and um, you know, you're not having, other people or contractors work on your projects and it's maybe not as important, but even if you're a one person shop and 
you're sometimes jumping on other people's projects or you're having other contractors help you sometimes having that sort of quick start, you know, guide or quick start sort of built in um, development environment to your, uh, to your, to each project means you, you know, you just, it's a lot of stuff. Hopefully you don't have to think about each time. Right. I approached that question a little bit differently. My, my first question is always how comfortable are you on the command line? Which I think, I think we're rapidly moving to the point where if you're going to be a professional Drupal developer, and that includes site builders, I think it's going to, it it might, we might already even be there where it's, it's mandatory, where you have to have some command line knowledge. And I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I do know that there are, you know, GUI solutions that are coming for these types of tools. A lot of it's like a psychological, like the command line is not that hard, but because for so long you haven't had to do it with Drupal, uh, it's, but I think once people, you don't really need to be like a command line ninja. No, not at all. But I think that as soon as there are some GUIs for these Docker-based tools, like right now the, the, it's like a, it's an unlocked door. Right. Anybody can can open the door and walk in and start using these tools if they have a little bit of uh, command line knowledge. I think as yeah. soon as there's a GUI, that door's open and there's no longer a door, and 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 that's when adoption is really gonna is really gonna increase because that's I I feel like that's you know a lot of people got into this um, because of tools like MAMP and WAMP and you know Aquia Dev Desktop especially. I mean that yeah. was a lot of adoption for you know building locally with a tool like Aqua Dev Desktop. So I think that's kind of the next shoe to drop is a, you know a GUI and that's going to bring in the folks who are unsure about the command line. If you can, you know, have a GUI then that you can say spin me up a new Drupal site or you know get my Drupal site from platform and bring it down to my local with you know a couple of clicks, that's that's a big deal. Yeah, there was some people in the um in the uh, local official local development environment, boff that were like, we need a GUI, um, which my take is like, yes, that would be nice eventually, but I don't think we can wait f- to have an official one that is a GUI, you know, unless somebody's going to step up and and build it for the community. the the ca- The capitalist side of me says that the the GUIs should be. That should be what people have to pay for. That should fund the rest of the the project, right? You know, a small amount, but we need. You know, you know, I, I would love to see DDEV, Doxel, Lando, Project X, Project Y, Project Z, all in this marketplace. Yeah, um, and I would love for them to 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 be businesses. I would love for them to have an open source component, and I would love for them to. Well, I should say have sustainable sustainable businesses because that will only drive the technology and make things better for everybody. Yeah. I feel like that was almost profound what I just said, but probably one of those profound <laughs> things that everybody knows and I'm the only one who thinks it's profound. Everyone's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Get to the next point. You can edit it later just to make sure it's profound. I'll put some uh, like some trumpets behind it or something. That's probably the yeah. best way, I really think. 
some sort of herald. Mm, yes, yes. Maybe a choir. If I wasn't sick, I would uh, offer to sing, but my throat. Oh, you can play like your your mandolin horn or whatever we call it. No, don't tell me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to remember what it's called. Oh, gosh. I have such a black hole in my brain for whatever. Did you see the trees note? Were you at the Dries note? I was not at it. Did you play that thing? I you didn't hear. I was on stage playing the gamelan. Were you really? <laughs> no, no, not directly, but in a sense, um, there was a video uh-huh. and about oh my gosh, there was a video about a virtual tour um, that uh, Chris Hamper, uh, one of my coworkers, put together, and it was sort of about uh, using Drupal like in a VR way with API first technology and part of the virtual tour sort of made up virtual tour was a video of my game on group playing and you could see me in there. I, I, I missed that. I'll, I'll go back and watch it. No, I think everybody missed it. <laughs> I mean, everybody didn't miss the video, but everybody missed the like two second clip that I was in a gamelon. Yeah. That's the instrument. I can, I don't know. It's kind of why I agreed to be on the podcast so I could mention this. You got paid by the <laughs> Gamelon Consortium, <laughs> Consortium of America every time you mention it? Yeah. Yeah. I'm in the union. Yeah. Okay. Very good. So um, we're going to be some places. Um, I'm going to be at Drupal Camp Asheville. Not till July. So you got some, you got some notice. Uh, uh, great event, July 13th and 14th. I am uh, – so not coincidentally, <laughs> I'm going to be doing a full day training on – Upgrading your local development environment with DDEV. Nice. Yeah. So I've, you know, I basically I've written a bunch of curriculum for my long form class about using DDEV. And I'm like, hmm, that seems like a pretty self-contained full day free workshop that I can offer at camps. So boom, there we go. First time I'll be doing it. I believe um, there might be another opportunity for me to do it before then. But as of right now, July 13th, I believe it's Friday, July 13th, ooh, Friday the 13th oh. is the training day at Drupal Camp Asheville. And if you haven't been to Asheville or Drupal Camp Asheville, you should go because it's it's a great, fun city. And is it even a city? Maybe a, like a big town, small city? Well, if you're coming from where I live, it's a city. Yeah, it's great. It's 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 a great event. I missed yep. it last year, but I will, I will be there this year and really looking forward to it. And July in that part of the country – Pretty darn, pretty darn good. Yeah. Get there early or stay late and do some hiking. That's what I'll be doing for sure. Um, my little travel schedule pales in comparison to your <laughs> So I would I would like to go to Asheville and I may, depending. Um, but I'm going to Dev Days in Lisbon. Uh D- D- Dev Days, yeah. So this is a a roving conference in Europe that's uh was I've only been to it once last year. It was in Seville. It was great. Um, so it's mostly sprinting with um, less sessions, but some sessions. Um, and that's going to be in Lisbon. That's going to be, I've never been to Portugal. And that's July 6th, or July 2nd through 6th. And if I get a chance to take like some vacation afterwards and stay in Europe, then I won't be in Asheville for the camp. But if I don't, and I have to come back sooner, then I'll try to come down to Asheville. I have family in Asheville, so. Always nice to come and do a. I've actually never been to the camp. Obviously, I've been to Asheville a bunch because family, but uh, I've never. It's never been able to be at the same time that the camp is there. But I've heard great things. Um, and then after that, kind of in the same vein, a newer conference that last year was his first year. We have decoupled Dev Days in New York, and it is um, 
this year, I think it was one day last year, but I'm looking at the announcement here and it says August 17th through the 19th. Um, and that is last year. It was one track of, um, one track of sessions around decoupled, uh, things. And this year it is, uh, looks like it's going to be three days. So I'm not sure exactly what's going to be in there, but it should be a really, uh, it should be a great conference. It was a great conference last year. So I definitely encourage anybody who's interested in the decoupled API first space. Um, uh, it's great to get to New York. And I think this year it's going to be at John Jay college, which it wasn't last year, but, uh, a number of the, New York City Drupal events have been at this uh, venue before, and they've been great. So, yep, if you get a chance. Okay, very good. So let's go ahead and get the podcast wrapped up, Ted. We've been uh, yapping it up for about an hour now. So where can people find you online? The usual places at uh, tbone.com? <laughs> uh, tedbo.com, which is uh, – I have a site. I haven't really done much. There's a little bit of my photo- photography there. Um, and then Ted Bow on Twitter and Drupal.org. So is it, um, I would imagine this time of year that the waterfalls around Ithaca are big, like a lot of water. Yeah. Because it's springtime. A lot of water. Yeah. At the very end, they're pretty much always big except for like the end of summer. Okay. I got to get back up there. Yeah. Yep. It's beautiful. All right. Oh, Cornell, Cornell camp's coming next year. Um, 2019? So, no, next, I think of next year because I live in a college town as being the fall. Next school year, I get it. Yeah. So October 11th is October 11th and 12th. So that's where I'll be. Okay. Well, we'll we know where to find you if we have to, you know, shake you down for something. Yep. All right. If you are looking for Drupal Easy online, you can obviously go to DrupalEasy.com. You know, check out all of our um, uh, training classes as well as our project coaching and consulting services that we provide. Uh, you can also find us Drupal Easy on Twitter, Drupal Easy on LinkedIn, Drupal Easy on Facebook, Drupal Easy, Drupal Easy, Drupal Easy, Drupal Easy. And I think that's it. Let's uh, we're going to skip five questions. We know enough about you, Ted. We know that you live uh, apparently in a neighborhood <laughs> right next to a fire, st- a police station. Um, we know that you have not been taking. Yeah, we know that you have not been taking care of yourself because you're you're very sick. So we hope that yeah. you get enough rest and yeah. maybe have. Uh, yeah, you know, a glass of orange juice or you know something like that. Uh, maybe some soup yep. today. I think uh, I think th- some soup would be good. We have some leftover soup from the Vietnamese restaurant last night, so I'm looking forward to that. Is it spicy? No, it's not. My we actually had I had spicy soup last night. My wife did not. That's my go-to when I when I sound like you, like congested and stuff. My go-to is I make rice with and I put a bunch of sriracha in it. I'm probably going to throw some sriracha in the soup. Yeah, I just have the spiciest stuff I can just to get things moving. So that's a Dr. Mike right there. All right, thanks. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. Um, also, I always want to thank webenable.com and devpanel.com. If you need hosting or um, or if you need a, um, a Git repository for a, a project, um, you know, check them out at webenable.com and devpanel.com. You can always find the podcast at DrupalEasy.com slash podcast or searching for Drupal Easy in iTunes, Google Play, Miro, Stitcher, or pretty much any other uh, podcast place online. And I think we're done, right? We're done, right? I think so. All All right. right. We'll see everyone on the next Drupal Easy podcast. See ya.